If I'm honest, I'm getting a little tired of saying, and we go again, here on the Owls Americast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with an American Accent. It's more like, here we go again. I am your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. I am once again drinking a beer from Ken Falls in Kent, Connecticut. I love their Pilsners. They have three Pilsners. They probably have more than three Pilsners. They have three Pilsners I drink regularly, all of which would be thematically appropriate for this show. Uh, there is Yeesh, which I think I've had before on the pod. There's Danny Boy, because the pipes, the pipes, they are calling for Sheffield Wednesday. But I am drinking The Hollow, which is about how I feel. It's good. It's a really good beer. Also on the line in New Jersey is Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? Good evening, Jeffrey. It's good to see you and Justin on the call today. Um, this is my first delve back into Sheffield Wednesday for a week. Uh, I am drinking, I'm, I'm in summer mode. I went to the Guinness Brewery last week in Baltimore, um, which doesn't brew Guinness. It'll be uh, interested in it. <laughs> they import it from Dublin. Mm. But it is the uh, the first and only, I think, US uh, Guinness Brewery. Uh, and they do a lot of good, like innovative kind of uh, beers. And I've got their salt and lime ale. Uh, that's this is worth the that Baltimore blonde beer as well. It's it was a very cool place to go to. It's massive, the biggest beer garden I've ever seen in my entire life. And this beer, um, it's it's quite good at quenching your thirst. I wouldn't say it's the uh, best tasting in the world. The um, the dogfish head, which is the sea salt and lime one, is better than this. The sea quench, um, yeah, yeah. This is decent. As mentioned, also on the line, our New England owl, Justin Disorger. Justin, what are you drinking? Hey, Jeff, Patty, good to see you guys. Uh, feels like it's been forever. Um, so I've been uh, trying to stay off the booze, but I figured we were doing one more one more podcast. So I uh, swung by the store and uh, grabbed Maine Beer Company's Peeper Pale Ale. Uh, for those not in the know, peepers are those little springtime frogs that uh, come out, especially in New England and, and definitely on Cape Cod. We've got a lot of ponds and bogs and swamps full of peepers it's a great sign of spring it's a light crisp pale ale um it's it's a nice drink and uh i'm enjoying it currently we're probably not going to enjoy the content of this episode we will review the playoffs take a look to the future both in the technical area and on the pitch and we'll uh talk about our summer plans we're not doing thumbs up, thumbs down. Does anyone have anything to say about the playoffs against Sunderland? Any talking points? I mean, we we were literally kicking and fighting not to do this podcast for the last week. Um, no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to do this podcast. Um, I have essentially ignored everything to do with almost football. I managed to go to Rebels game, which was painful. Um, just generally because it's painful at the moment, Rebels. Um, but I haven't watched any football until today. Um, I watched the uh, Sheffield United Forest game, which brought me some joy. But, um, not a great deal of uh, con- uh, like that wasn't the best solace in the world after mm-hmm. going out yourself in the League One playoffs. Um, but uh, yeah, I just have ignored it. It's it was so painful, um, and I'm still hurting, and I and I can't really. It might be months before I get over it. Um, I don't like a fact again that we were didn't turn up in two of the biggest games of the season, and um, whether it's just that Sunderland and Alex Neil outwitted us tactically on the, the both games, 
uh, whether we bottled it and we're not big game players. Um, maybe a bit of both. I don't really know. It's just very, very frustrating that we really didn't show up for longer than 10 minute period. Well, there were, a lot, there were a lot of like, uh, it's like just play the hits, only it's the opposite of the hits. It was kind of 180 minutes of the Hall Wembley final where they just did not give the midfield time and space, as we've seen all year. If uh, Bannon and Byers, especially, don't have time and space on the ball, the the whole everything falls everything falls apart. You know, Bannon started dropping deeper, especially in in the second game. You know, Byers really. I, I thought Luongo was fine for the two games, all in all, but you know, he's not going to really be the the sort of the offensive engine in the midfield that Byers and Bannon have to be. It just, it was one of those games where, and there's also, I think, uh, some similarities to the Huddersfield playoffs where we we went on the road and set up for a nil-nil. And we, they got it against Huddersfield. They didn't get it against Sunderland because of the, the Hutch error. And I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on that. He's just got to kick it into the stands at that point in the, in stoppage time in the first half. Like you can't try to be too cute there. And it's just, you know, ironically enough, I do wonder if Hutch might've been able to cut out the winning goal if he was still on the pitch after leading with the concussion. So you sort of get, uh, you sort of feel it at both ends there for him. But I mean, they usually could have been down two or three, nothing going into the, the home fixture. They kind of rode their luck in the second half. They never really had a, had a counterpunch or a real scoring opportunity. There was a one one header for Liam Palmer towards the end of the game. That was really about it. And it just, it, you felt okay, I think, going to, to Hillsborough down the one goal. And it just, the longer that first half went on, it was just like, oh, this is just more of the same. They have not adjusted to what's on it. And like, look, Sunderland weren't good, but... They also thoroughly outplayed Wednesday, so yeah, it's not like it's I, undeserved. But I don't know why they sort of didn't go at them a little more than they did. So I I think the big difference, and I had several arguments with people online, whether or not you agree with the strategy. There's no doubt that Darren Moore set up to get a zero zero on the road. And to be honest, while you say, "Hey, there were a couple chances it could have been three nothing," it easily could have been nothing nothing, and probably should have been and. The comparison to Huddersfield doesn't work for me because Sunderland was the highest scorer in the league at home. They lit us up 5 nothing last time we played at home. They score for fun. I'm okay with Darren Moore making that decision to play as defensively and compact as he did. I think the idea was to play defensively and compact till about the 60th minute, get in Windass, get in some people, and start to attack. And I think we overall kind of controlled that last 20 minutes, 15 minutes of that game. Now, you're right, Jeff, we never really looked to score. But whereas Huddersfield was, they had a negative goal difference. Uh, there was no excuse for playing defensive against that team. I thought it made sense uh, to do that against Sunderland. And then, as you said, we were in position to come home and win a game. And I actually really, I think it was a combination of some of our players not stepping up, us not adjusting tactically or not being able to. But really, I think Sunderland played an outstanding road game at Hillsboro. Um, the, we chose to play them defensively by sitting back into a real low block, compact, take away the middle, give them the ball. Uh, Sunderland played us high up the pitch, and they pressed us, and they went man-to-man in the midfield, which took away our midfield, 
forced our defense to kind of just lump the ball up and we didn't have the guys in the game to be able to handle it. So, you know, I, I actually, I, I come out of this as bummed out as I was. Uh, and, and we'll talk about that more when we talk about next year. Uh, really. I, I thought that Sunderland handled things. Well, I, I don't know that they, you know, I guess they deserve to go through, but you know, realistically that could have been a game that was going into extra time. I, I thought overall, uh, Darren Moore probably played it fairly well. Um, and, and we just didn't, we weren't able to take advantage of them when we got that home fixture. Yeah. And again, like another, as long as we're just playing the hits, it was one bad mistake at the back because they really did not look like, I thought Wednesday after the Gregory goal, I thought Wednesday were, I thought it was probably going to penalty kicks, but I thought Wednesday were more likely to score like in the next sort of 10 or 15 minutes after there. And then just, just a ball over the top down the channel and nobody tracks a nice little one-on-one move and nobody tracks the runner. And well, it was John Starry again. Yeah. That's Kyle again. John Starry. Um, obviously it was, uh, he's had a bad few games. We mentioned the podcast. Um, it, look, he might look, look leggy, look tired. I'll give him that. The Sunderland player wants it more. He just gave him what? Two or three yards space uh, to, to put the ball in. Just, uh, you can't do that. You can't switch off. You can't, you need to channel all your reserves of energy and close that guy down. And he, he couldn't, or, or, or didn't do it at least. So um, what a, what a kick in the nuts. Um, yeah. After, it was one of the most, <clears throat> once it was stressful as um, the Brighton first half an hour, uh, semi-final, second no, nothing it is. wasn't stressful that, but <clears throat> It was one of the most tense games, and I just genuinely thought when you got to like 60 minutes-ish, we were never going to score. I was never confident we were going to score. So when that Gregory goal went in, it was such a relief and that kind of release of like, fuck, we can actually fucking do this now. We can kick on and do it. And we just couldn't. We just didn't ever get above like second or third gear. And then suck a punch right at the end. It's um... That's like the thing, though, like... I don't know that they have a fourth gear. They play really well and they're allowed to play in second and third gear and it works. When they can knock the ball around the park and Bannon can link up play between the the wings and the rest of the midfield and the strikers and sit back and make up play and Johnson and Hunt can make their runs down the channels and just... When when teams and it look teams again like as Justin said and it's teams far worse than Sunderland will just man up with them and yeah they'll pull shirts and they'll foul them and it's it, I think I call I mean the referee again we, the refereeing was terrible but again the ref the refereeing was awful. league one yeah. standard yeah, yeah. This is, <laughs> we've seen this all year you're not like we'll get on to this when we get into sort of where they go from here like. They just need some shit kickers. Is what it comes well, down I, to, I, right? I thought I I don't know, man. This is and we will talk about this because I had somebody get pissed at me that I was saying bringing Callum Patterson in wasn't the right move. We need big oafs to lump the ball to. But oh, it's not it's not it, no, it, it's not to lump the ball to. It's just like just yeah. clog up the midfield and 
It's like I, I thought I thought that second game what we really needed was people to move with the ball between the lines because our midfield was was blocked. So all that we did for six minutes was lump the ball forward. You well, need, we need to somebody be able, to run especially in this league, or to, come back to break a press on the midfield. And right. look, I don't know if he's ready, but from what I've seen late in the season, the only midfielder that can do that is Fizz. That's it. I he can him, get the ball, yeah. turn, and guys bounce off him. Yeah, he he should have come in. Uh, in my notes, I had him him coming in, and I was calling for him at about the fiftieth minute. In fact, I was even thinking when Byers picked up that early yellow card, uh, right. it, it might be it might once... be worth an early sub. You don't want to lose that guy to to a red card, right. and Fizz is the guy to break between those lines. Because once you do that, all of a sudden, your wingers or your wingbacks just can start really running and don't have to worry about tracking they they can just have more freedom if they don't have to worry about getting back if possession gets broken up so once they once he turns and run you got him on the back foot and that's when johnson and hunt do their best work all right that's right. enough on that i'm tired no no more sunderland we've needed we moved past the uh what is the thing we've uh gone past uh, well I, I do want to just yeah, say no, about, fine. about that game no the the idea that was that was a tough tough physical second game that, that was one of the yeah. rougher oh, yeah. games of football i've seen i mean both teams giving and taking shots all over the place and, and credit to both teams i thought overall they sort of handled it well there, there wasn't you know there wasn't you know handbags all over the field there was a lot of you know very league one football i guess yeah. some bunch bunch of british guys smashing into each other it was intense uh, up like, and no, down the no managers were like throwing soccer balls at people or anything like we saw today. <laughs> All right. All right, we can move on. We can move on. All right. Let's uh forever. Let's look at the future. So we do head into the summer period. I guess the first question that sort of sets up all of this is do you bring Darren Moore back? I'll start. Yes. Because um okay. Mr. Two and a half managers in uh 2021, <laughs> 2022 wants to stick with one, one of the things. things- I think I've lost over the past week is perspective. And uh, literally in the 10 minutes leading up to this podcast, the only research I've done is look at the, like um, the aftermath and the, and the comments and the opinion pieces. And uh, I was reading a piece from Dom Housen just now about how, where we were at the end of last season and the season we had last season. Uh, in the championship that got relegated, and what a mess that was! That felt that feels like six years ago to me. It feels so long ago. This season's been so so long. It felt like maybe maybe the pandemic has made it much longer. But um, all those pizza cup games, yeah. <laughs> if you think of it in that <laughs> sense, and it's, it's basically Moore has steadied the ship, got us to fourth, which was I think more than we predicted. Right? We didn't predict us getting to fourth. Any of us in the podcast predictions? I mean, we? I said they were going to win the league, but. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not a good, uh, not a good source for that. Not a reliable narrator. Um, so yeah, look, it's very hard for me to get perspective right now because I'm still fucking furious that we lost the semi-final. But if we look, take a step back, I'm telling myself this, not everyone who's listening. Take a step back, look at the progress we made um, compared to last year, which was so bad. Uh, then you can't argue against more keeping this um, this team going. He's got the fans back on side. He he created. I, That's I, huge, by the way. That's yeah. huge. He's tried to kick this club down the street. Um, 
uh, picking up some more fans and just basically got the team to wear the shirt with pride. And look, we failed at the hurdle, almost the final hurdle, second to last hurdle. Um, but I don't think you can say that he's done a bad job. And I think he tried tactically as well in those two games. But maybe just got, I don't know, out tactic to, well, I'm out of words now. Either way, yes, Moshe's day. Um, and unless we are outside of the top six by Christmas, he should continue at the helm. Yeah, I think I don't love his tactics per se. I think his substitution policy especially can be a little weird. But looking at what they're going to have to do in the summer from a recruitment standpoint, uh, between the back line and I think up front as well, we've seen that players come to the club because Darren Moore recruits them and they want to play for him and it's a good environment and they're going to have to do that again. And they might have to sell off some players. They're, I suppose they're losing like 50,000 pounds a week or whatever it is that Chan Series is covering over the last, I mean, it was, that was over the relegation season. So there was, there was some, the pandemic was still going on, especially in terms of like crowd sizes. They're probably losing less money now, but it's not probably not a profitable club. And nobody know, in the football league is. No, well, fair enough. But they were heavily this year, they were heavily on the loan market. They were heavily in free transfers. So they and they have more players out of contract. So it's you're going to need to have another busy summer window. So I mean, first of all, you have to decide like right now if Darren Moore is the person because there's a lot of stuff to do in the summer. But I think he should be because I think he knows the league. Uh, he has he can come in and get like he got Saito Berahino to come here and like look Berahino wasn't was inconsistent at best, but you need someone that can recruit those kind of players that'll come down and come down, come down to league one, you know, quality championship players. He obviously managed in that league as well. So, you know, he has actual like resources and like a scouting network, which is the stuff the club's not going to provide regardless. So I think he's the, the right man for the job right now. Yeah. I'll be boring and, and agree with both you guys for actually the, the two reasons that you guys both listed and focused on, right? Patty, you're right. It's, it's the mood around the club. It's the attitude, the players, you saw how despondent everybody was after the game. And yes, you just played a football game and you're a professional and you're sad, but there was a little more that, that team gave a shit. Uh, and that team connected with the fans and, and that team, cared and a lot of that came from Darren Moore and his ability to do that and Jeff that comes in with what you're saying right it's, it's his ability to create an atmosphere to get people to buy in to get people to come uh, yeah his subs are a little weird I, I'm pretty sure that we're going to see a switch to a, a 4-2-3-1 next year um, based on some comments from him and the fact that uh, he went to three at the back in the beginning of the year uh, due to necessity and then kind of got comfortable with it We'll see the same basic tactical setup playing out from the back, you know, short passes, work it out wide, get it in. Um, and, and you know, I, I think he deserves the shot for all that. And, and Patty, I even think saying out of the top six by Christmas is a little hasty. I, I think if things are falling apart by Christmas, uh, then, then, you know, maybe we need to look to make a switch. But Christmas is not even halfway through the season really uh or doesn't just matter. about halfway through doesn't the matter 
I, I mean, think it is like it is. Yeah, I mean, there's the stability versus short termism, right? You don't want to get into a situation where, I mean, look at Sunderland. We, the situation long, we how, or we've been. Well, look at how long or, it's taken. I mean, I understand the point. Like, look how long it's taken Sunderland to get out of this league, and Sunderland has at this point significantly more resources than Wednesday do, simply because they were in the Premier League for 15 years longer. So, you know, that's that's the reality of the situation is that. They do need to to get out of this league as quickly as possible. I just, again, I don't know, like, who are you bringing in, right? That's what it comes down to, is that's I mean, clearly yeah. going to do a better job. Um, but, I mean, look at Alex Neal dropping to the League One. He's doing yeah. all right with Sunderland. Um, look, anything less than top two the next season is an absolute failure. And there's no way we can make excuses for that. Top two are bust. And if we're, if we're not top six by end by Christmas, then he has to go. That's, I think, mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, line yeah, we'll see, I guess we'll see how that goes. I'm kind of thinking maybe you should go back to not thinking about this club. <laughs> <laughs> well, little, oh, I'm taking a hard line. Before, I will not accept playoffs. That's, that's that's if, we're, if we're in playoffs, I'm not watching. Patty okay. just doesn't want to oh, do it again. You heard yeah. it here first. <laughs> I can't take it again. Um, Hey, I, I do want to say, too, just as a quick note, when we talk about when we look at how this season went for Darren Moore, um, it's a great website called Experimental 361, um, which is an inside U.S. soccer joke. But they do a wonderful job with stats. And if you go to his site, a guy named Ben Mayhew runs it, just published his sort of uh, league by league uh, overall stats uh, in a nice graph form to look at. Uh in four main categories, uh, shots taken versus shots faced, attacking effectiveness, which is shots taken per goal, uh, basically defensive effectiveness, and then expected goals created uh, versus allowed, etc. Um, we are one of the best, you know, three, four teams in this league this year. Um, well, and, and you know what, fourth, Patty? So. Well, there you go. And, and you know what, Patty, you are right in the sense that our expectations next year should absolutely be well, to win this I mean, league. And you can definitely look at it like, oh, if they had a little bit more center back health at the beginning of the season, if Lee Gregory didn't miss a month, like the points were out there, right, for them to go up in autos this year. Right? And they were certainly so in the last couple of weeks. And, you know, a lot can change this is, as we've seen. This is a very unpleasant league in a lot of ways. Uh you know, I think people thought uh, someone like Ipswich would be there and there about it and really weren't. And so, you know, Portsmouth has been trying to get out of this league for a while now at this point, too, and, and the aforementioned Sunderland. So, yeah. I think uh, if we don't get out next year, and this is what worries me, uh, is, is I think next year is the year, Patty, so as much as I'm sort of teasing you, I, I don't think you're wrong that we really need to be up on automatics uh we've got one more year which with what is likely going to be an older squad you know kind of revolving around bannon and it sounds like gregory's going to try to be here yeah you know, they said like i think they said on the broadcast that wednesday were like one of the oldest squads in the league as we were the second oldest yeah. wickham's the oldest right. um and and i think i would guess we're going to largely run back as many of the same people as we can for one more kick at the can. Um, and if that's the case, uh, we need to get out of that, this league next year, or I think we are going to end up in a situation with a fired manager and restarting again on our third year of making no money because we're in this shit league. And then now we're starting to look like Plymouth or Sunderland or Ipswich. And at that point, we're going to need 
somebody to come in who's got an actual long-term plan and vision. And unfortunately, we really haven't seen that under Chance Siri as we've been as we've been talking about. So. Well, what will the squad look like next year? I guess let's start with the retain list, Patty. We don't have a retain list. That's the, uh, the main point, talking point. We don't have it yet. I think you've got the 21st. Who's, who's out of contract? Sorry. Oh, who's out of contract? Yes. Well, this is um, up for debate too because transfer market doesn't seem very... Um... Yeah, you were supposed to find something that wasn't... Uh, no, we couldn't find anything. anything. But uh, we'll go to the transfer market. Okay, so right. asterisk transfer market is not very... Um, not very... Um, accurate on these kind of things so that's well let's give a quick uh opinion on keeper or get rid uh as you list them i think that's a fair right. way to go through this so let's start with the loanies and what do you bring them back so holly dean i think in league one yeah if you can he, yeah, i know i'd like, like to get him back yeah, yeah I know birmingham back. city basically said go find a new club so i think cool yeah other thing that might stop us is his wages maybe but we'll see how that goes sure uh Shadipo, Darren Moore's no. favorite. No, Adios. Yeah. Uh, BPF sounds like he's not coming back. Yeah, I, I, I would like expect. Back, I but... would expect he's going to find a championship club to be on loan. Like, I mean, maybe literally Burnley, but mm. I, I think Burnley will probably stay up. But uh, um, by it, the way, I, he he had a good uh, two. Legs, I thought he was good. Yeah. He did, yeah. 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 Uh, it's been fantastic. I thought the last couple well, of months, how lucky the have we last been couple months, him. especially. I know he had kind of a. A little bit of a dip in form in there, but I thought the last couple months he's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Louis Gibbo, I'd like to get him back if they can. I don't know if they can, but I, mean, I know he hasn't really been healthy. But the little bits I've seen of him, his flexibility to play both, uh, I think, left back and center back, especially if they are going to go to a four-two-three-one. Like I might even consider pushing Marvin Johnson a little bit higher and playing Gibson at left back. I think he's a little more versatile. More of a two-way. I'd love to get there, back. Yeah, I think um, if you can stay fit, it's, it'd be great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Gibson's your left well, side. Well, absolutely. If you can get a player into Wednesday with fitness issues full time, nothing could possibly go wrong. <laughs> Might kill him off. Yeah. Um, the much maligned. Well, the I'd say fifty-fifty. Great start, bad end to his uh, Wednesday uh, journey. Jordan Story. I, I think Jordan Story is a good defender at this level i really do i know he wasn't great down the stretch i think they i think he would be better in a center back two than a center than a center back three and, you know if you pair him with harley dean i think why do you think that that works i just think he's got to do he's got to get too like you need him to be able to stay home right you need a covering central defensive midfielder there and you're gonna have two of them probably he but, does seem to get lost in that right hand side of sense of three yeah, doesn't he? he's yeah. like well, that jack hunt hole that he leaves yeah. Uh, he's not very good at covering that back. So, yeah, I get that. I, I think you you keep him if if we don't re-sign Dean. It sounds like Dunkley's gone. We'll talk about him. Iorfa is up in the air. But if we sign Dean, I'm not sure we need to sign Story, depending on the wages. But I, I like Story. I think he's a player at this level. I, I just don't know if he's – I don't know if he's your 46 games – and you're going up type of player. I mean, we definitely need to sign him as well as Dean because we need 10 people in that position because you know the injury to get. <laughs> well, we got Marvin Johnson. He can play anywhere. He can do anything. Therese John Jules. Is he even at the club still? I have no idea. I know he's, I he's out, he is out of contract with Arsenal in the, uh, in the summer for whatever that's worth. 
I would so I would not be. He seems to have a good relationship with Darren Moore, so I would not be shocked if he ends up back here. But you know, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, all right, oh, so Justin, they could yeah, use no like comment. yeah, they could, use, like, they could use like someone with that. Like again, it's only five minutes, but they could use someone that's like you know the the little guy, Ali Gregory's big guy striker. That's what they they really didn't have like an obvious run to the flicked headers or play off him. I'm sure these twenty-year-old uh, Premier League strikers are ten a penny that we can get on loan for a season. <laughs> so we'll find another instead if he's yeah. uh, injury prone. All right, now we're into our players that apparently are out of contract coin transfer market, and the first one is Sam Hutchinson. I'd go one more year. Yeah, I am. One. I I think Sam had a great. He showed season. me a lot. Yeah. yeah. I just yeah. I don't. It's one of those things where you want to refresh the squad in some ways, but in many ways, in many but... ways. But again, <laughs> I don't think he don't plays know. a bigger part the next season. I will say this: I want to keep him around, but I don't think he necessarily plays. It's not, it's not a guaranteed starter yeah. for the duration of the season. Um, and that's look. He had a great season, but he's prone to errors. But then, I mean, who's he also not can't like he doesn't win like at this league. You need to win headers at the back, as we've seen. Sort of, you know, I think Dean and Story can do that in a way that. Hutch can't, but I also don't know. Yeah, but Hutch, Hutch. he's also not, yeah, he, he doesn't have the pace anymore for the double, as we saw when he got run down by the giant lopey striker from Sunderland. He doesn't have the pace he had a couple of years ago either. So, you know, moving up into central defensive midfield is not ideal either. All right, moving on to uh, Saida Berahina. We gave him a one year contract, apparently. I assume he's going to move on, and I think that's fine. Would you want him to stay? He never really kind of fit one with Gregory. Good he had a couple night. He had a few nice games, but I don't. I don't know that he fits with the way that Moore wants to play. Like he's not, and he out and out number nine, like Gregory is, which I think is. I still more useful. My problem with him is his inconsistency, and yeah. I'm still, I still, I still think it's an attitude problem. No, right, yeah, no, I think it's just he's not the fitness. Wasn't quite there up until like um, March, April. Moore was still saying he couldn't do more than sixty minutes. Yeah, so what I don't, was I don't he fucking know. doing? <laughs> I could have got fifty ninety minutes in that amount of time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think it's. I think they need to look elsewhere, especially. I, I think he's going to have a fairly large like twenty eight. By the way, twenty eight. Jesus. Well, he's so he's still going to carry a fairly large wage bill. I think he's probably actually showing up this year. He can get a championship job too. So, yeah, possibly. I, I, I think if Moore thinks that he can play as the lone striker. Yeah, I mean, it know, depends, I mean, it four, depends three, if, three. if Gregory stays around. I mean, it sounds like he's going to. But. Well, yeah, if we if we have Gregory, Gregory's the automatic starter and, and is probably a great fit for mm-hmm. the front of that 4-3-3. Although the, I, I think Barahino actually does a decent job of coming back to the ball and then just distributing out. His hold-up play is, is not bad. Um, uh for what he is. Yeah, so he's really I, not I like would, a back to he's not like around, a back to goal striker though either. No, but he can come back through the lines yeah. and, and collect balls and, and and turn a little bit. I mean I'm I'm fine with him if he wants to be here on reasonable wages for short term, but if he starts getting a high opinion of himself, he, he can get fucked and we'll we'll find somebody else. Um Jack Hunt. Yes, absolutely. Play thirty-one. Definitely got a couple more years left in him. Yeah. Uh, I I thought he really 
looked like he lost a step over the course of the season. So if, if we do bring him back, I, I mean, I would love to have him around. He was way better than I thought he was going to be. We're going to need so give players credit, that can, we but, need, like people that can cross the ball. And he is it's, it's true. Do that. Um, he can. He, I, he I would just like fit, to make like, sure we've got some yeah. backup for sure. him if he does come back or somebody to partner with. Uh, even if that person is Liam Ballmer, like that. Yeah. Okay. No, fine. he fits well but, in that system too. I think he, make a little run well but where, where does he and... fit if we have four at the back is he your right back yeah I mean, and, and in which case is he that advanced point, but, I, yeah. I don't know i mean you can tell by the end of the season uh mo was switching him in and out tactically and uh, based on who he was facing i assume mm-hmm. um because palmer played that first leg right of the playoffs uh when we're trying to get a zero zero uh and he came in when we need trying to win the game so but i'd have hunty back definitely but on the um, subject, his possible understudy, Liam Palmer, his contract runs out in June 30, 2022. Would yeah. you take him back? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Would you sponsor him again? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, although we got we to gotta clear the shit up with Owl's talk or whoever else keeps screaming that they're the Liam Palmer sponsor and putting him in a home kit when we were the official yeah. home kit so if we do that next year i'm making more of a stink about it yeah we need to uh hammer those exclusivity rights and uh exactly exactly liam palmer copyright that shit by the way great season liam palmer i thought you had a fantastic I thought you had a really good uh, season yeah uh i don't still don't understand all the weirdos on twitter that don't like him but hey um there's always weird on twitter hey um oh it should be an interesting one 27 year old callum patterson I think he can still do a job at this level. Yeah. yeah. Go. Well, we know we know your feelings on Callum Patterson, Patty. So walk out the door. Just I like the versatility. It. I mean, he's been uh, kind of I'm, a utility I'm stuck, player. I'm stuck in the middle. Yeah. I right. so like he can play anywhere, but he doesn't play well. Anywhere. <laughs> like he 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 runs around and he works super hard, but he like. When he came in and they put him in, I don't even remember which game it was. I think it was the second game. They ended up subbing him in. And it was like, he literally, all he did was run into the box and flop two or three times. Like, that was what he did. The ball came in and he threw himself to the ground looking for a call. Like, hey, if it works, that's it works. Not, uh, it didn't work. No, it didn't. And, you know, I, you know what? If he's the little things we don't know, if he's one of those clubhouse glue guys who, makes everybody feel better about themselves. If he's one of those guys who, you know, he keeps a, a talent like uh Berahino in line and having fun. And, you know, he, he's worth that. He wants to come back for short wages. I, I wouldn't mind having him back, but if he's got expectations of, of starting 35 games, uh, even <laughs> at this level. Yeah. No, but I hope not. I hope he was getting so. a Scotland caps at the end of last season, by the way. Oh uh, no, it's mental, is it? Yeah. I thought uh, it was more about Scotland than uh, Callum <laughs> Patterson. And Bannon wasn't, which was the funny yeah. thing. It was like Palmer and Patterson were getting caps. Yeah. Well, he's the ultimate utility player. Like he said, yeah. he's a jack of all trades, master of none. I think you actually um, need someone like that at this level, too. Um, uh, yeah, he, he can. if he sticks right, probably low wages, low, high effort. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm not going to complain. I just don't know what he brings to any position you put him in other than running. I won't be, uh, and pick, I won't be picking him for most goals in the squad <laughs> next year, probably. <laughs> like I did this year. Uh, a bit of a no-brainer, but it might be out of our hands. Uh, Masima Luongo is out of yeah, contract. Yeah, bring him back. How old is he? 30 29. Jesus. Three-year deal. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> three-year I, deal. I think he can probably, like, 
this is the thing, right? He can probably get a job in the championship, but he can't. Like, like if he could stay fit, he'd be in the. Like, he'd still be there, but he can't. You think we can hold on to him? Fit. I don't know. It's going to come yeah. down to what he wants to do at this point in his career, right? Uh, this is his last chance of making a shot or something better than League One. I yeah. think he's going to go. Yeah, I think his agent's probably on the phone right now trying to find somewhere better. It's entirely um, possible. It will leave a massive, massimo hole in our midfield. <laughs> Um, Shay Dunkley. Next. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. I he just can't see right? He just can't stay fit. Basically, I thought he's been fine when he's played, but no, he that. has his strengths and his weaknesses. Right? Yeah. He's he's slow as mud, uh, but he's he's good at headers. He's yeah. good at screaming at people, but maybe not always screaming the right things. He wins know. everything in the air, <laughs> and we yeah. have we have no other player that can do that right now. So unless we well, play Dean. Well, we saw a bit of Dean, I suppose, but. There was a game when Duncan back after a few games out, and I yeah, think he spent like thirty minutes just, just constantly just hitting the ball away on it? every yeah. striker's <laughs> shoulders and winning it. Yeah. So that does um, take us to recruitment. No, it's still wait, wait, wait. There's more. Jesus, okay. It's a big storm, um, I guess. Well, I mean, Camberry. <laughs> oh, Camberry was on loan, right? From the, the Swiss. Uh, nope. Thanks. Move on. He can go. Well, I want to see how he's done with on loan. Oh, he's on loan the Swiss team, wasn't he? There's a gallon and FC gallon. Yeah, some Swiss team, I think, or Dutch, one of the two. I don't remember which one. Yeah, I think it's FC St. Gallen, which is Swiss, isn't it? Um, uh, I can't find out. It's gone probably shit. Um, did he really get on loan? Josh Marcus is on loan. Yeah, Cambry was on loan from some Swiss team. Oh, uh, we got him on loan. I we thought. got him on loan. Yes. Okay. Why is he? Oh, Josh Marcus is weird. And the last one was um, Joe Wildsmith. Apparently, he's out of contract this year. Yeah, he is. Uh, I so this does we can tie this in with recruitment because the first thing they're going to need to do is find a goalkeeper. Well, don't they have one? I mean, Exeter City's finest. Yeah, Cameron Dawson come back into the squad. Uh, Exeter City came in second in League Two, and and I believe Dawson was their Player of the Year. Yeah, uh, fans so, are raving about him. He's shown certainly shown potential in the past. Um, you know, if that... we were moving up to the championship, I'd be pretty hesitant to hand him the sticks. But the fact that we're in League One again, I well, and that may say that we need to let Wildsmith go because you'd like a, a more experienced backup keeper uh, yeah. hand. Yeah, and and I. But I mean, yeah. So here's the thing, though: is but... like they can go get another Premier League team's third keeper on loan, probably. Right? There's so much goalkeeping talent up and down the pyramid at this point that you know i think you can find a player better than cameron dawson on loan now maybe you want to look more maybe you don't want a series of one-year loan fixes or at least somebody to challenge him which we don't think Wildsmith will do which probably right. leads to unfortunately again i was a team joe guy but it, yeah. it may be time for him to he's had some find injuries somewhere else too, to go yeah 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 what's well, gotta go I think he'll go this season. Uh, in, for his own sake, go to League Two like D- Dawson did, make a name for himself um, and separate from, from us who are cursed, clearly. Um, so <laughs> let's have a mutual parting. Um, that's it. That's everybody. Um, so we're on to recruitment now, right? Yeah. So what are we left with? The, mid- the midfield three. Well, not mid- two of the midfield three plus Fizz plus a Dennerin. Oh, Dennis. Dennerin will help. Um, do we have we have uh, Alex Hunt as well He's in the mix, back right? Alone, yeah. I think they extended mm-hmm. his contract a year, didn't they? 
Fair uh, that I, that was my understanding. Yeah. Where did he? Uh, what happened to him in the second half of the season? Because he had a good spell at Grimsby, then he disappeared. Did he, was he at Oldham? Did he? I think he was Oldham. Yeah. And he, I didn't hear anything about him at Oldham. He was not Kieran Lee. Yeah. I guess you can throw uh, Brennan in there too. I guess I don't know if he's even there. Oh, I still like Brennan. Brennan has not put a foot wrong hardly in all his appearances for Wednesday. Yeah. He's definitely a good prospect having there. Um, aren't we sacking all the on 23 this season as well? Are we, um, did I hear something about most of the under 20s aren't getting renewed? Yeah, so, they let, I think we, uh, that came up when I did the Wednesday week. Like they let most of them go. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll see Bailey Katamastri at some yeah. point. Um, hey, so, yeah. He's, he's going, I think. He's been let go as well. He was one they let go? I'm sure he is, yeah. All the ones that we've been talking about for the last three or four years, they've all been let go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, got not, it wrong. A, I feel like that's not a good sign either for the you know the youth development, but it's I guess also recurring. So my friend on Twitter will let me know if I got that wrong by Charles Hagen. I'm pretty sure he's let go. Yeah, I think he was one of them. What's uh, You didn't mention Mendes Lang. What's his situation? He was on that list of people that are... Yeah, um, he had a two-year deal, didn't he? Because yeah. they signed him a little bit. We gave him a two-year deal? I believe okay. so, yeah. Or it, was it, was like one one pl- it was one plus. I think he signed a little later, but yeah. So I, I think what we need, I, I we really need a cover for uh, Luongo. We, we need another uh, central defensive Even if it's fielder. just Luongo, yeah. <laughs> well, yes. No, true. Oh. Uh, but I would like Luongo plus. Um, I'd love to get another striker somebody that can play up top again this is yeah. assuming we get gregory back and and i'd like to get uh i think more speed on the wings is not uh not a terrible thing um you know no matter what system we're playing uh whether they're wing backs or you know uh, wide midfielders or you know wide attackers whatever it is I, I think we probably need to to find a couple more players like that to get in and then obviously as you pointed out uh We've got to make sure we've got back depth on the back line. Um, and then another, I think, another keeper in to pair with Dawson and see, see where that goes. It's a lot of players. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're talking six, seven players, right? Yeah. Eight players. Oh, again, we don't know, like, sort of what the what their ability to pay transfer fees are. Are they going to be on the loan market and free transfers? From, yeah, we have from, only got eight players left uh, from from that list that aren't, assuming we re-sign some of them too, obviously. I mean, here's the list that's left. Bannon, Gregory, Ayalfa, Byers, Windass, Jaden Brown, uh, Adoniran, and Fizz. That's, that's it? That's it. Jesus. Well, actually, probably, there's probably people that we've loaned out, like Cam Dawson isn't part of the um, list here. Oh, Mendes Lang, Marvin Johnson, Siloso. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Silas. So, yeah. so I forgot about those. Are un, those, those are unknown contracts. So Mendes Lang Johnson Johnson's been told he's staying, so that's fine. Yeah. Mendes that's Lang, excellent. We're pretty sure is staying. Silas, so, so no idea what's going on with him. Don't um, really care to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, Silla. So yeah, maybe we've got, got eleven players. Um, assuming we let go everybody, we're not going to let go everybody, obviously, but um. Well, so then I think, right, you, you bring back a couple of the ones we listed. You hopefully have one or two within the system that can step up to become squad players. And, and you pick up a, a couple more, you know, maybe, maybe it's only like six or seven guys that, that you need. Um, Are we assuming we can buy players again next season? We haven't heard anything about the FFP thing, have we? No. It, was my, it was my understanding that we are, 
are just, and this is just reading, you know, the people that are, you know, the Joe Crans and the Doms and, and the people who really seem to know what, you know, have an inside track on it, that we are going to be more or less in the same situation as we were this past year. We're going to be able to pay wages. We're going to be able to get some people in, but we're not going to be splashing cash around. We're not ready is that, to do is that, that, a, yeah. is that a sanction or is that just because we haven't got any money? We spend? just haven't, right. Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's, it's trying to keep that. It's trying whatever, yeah. So yeah. We, we could spend a little more, but it sounds like we're wisely not going to dive right back into the fucking idiot pool. But if we uh, if we say we sold Iarfa and Windas say for two million pounds, can we spend that again? Yes, okay. that that's my again that's my sort of off the cuff understanding of things. Uh, zero hard evidence to back that up, <laughs> but uh, you know, sure the EFL will eventually let us all know. No, oh, they'll come after us for some. Yeah. My friend on Twitter will let me know if we got one. Yeah, fair enough. Is that just Peter Loman. <laughs> No, I feel bad. I was guys doing. He tweets me every week. Yeah. Um, so, so with that, with that in mind, what are our expectations for next season? Is it just autos, Patty? We're going with autos. Yeah, I told you. Uh, yeah, autos. yeah. Top two. If we're in the playoffs, I'm not watching. <laughs> I'm gonna find a new hobby. All right. Well, what will you be doing this summer, Patty, when you're not watching? Wednesday. Um, I'm so looking forward to having no, it's not just the football. I mean, we put a lot of effort into Owls and Americas, mm-hmm. like the organizers of the meetups, the organizers of the podcasts, social media, everything like that. It's just nice not to think about Sheffield Wednesday for two months. Um, so I'm going to come back hopefully refreshed. If I'm not refreshing two months, then we've got big problems. <laughs> um, you don't even have, I mean, it is technically a World Cup year, but you don't have a World Cup to, uh, no, to I eat am, up your time either. I'm going to California, I'm going to Dominican Republic. Uh, I'm just going to relax and recharge my batteries. I will say just just a quick mention, everybody, for time about looking forward. We've got uh, Forest Green Rovers, Exeter City, <laughs> Fuck off. Bristol Rovers coming uh, up, ruining bad vibes, uh, as well as Jesus one Christ. of Northampton, Mansfield, Port Vale, and Swindon. And then coming down to join us is Peterborough Derby and Barnsley. Um, <sighs> Oh. I was just yeah. talking about summer holidays and you've ruined them already. Yeah. Well, you were talking about next year and what we're gonna see, so maybe I don't come back. I just uh, disappear off a beach in Dominican Republic instead. Look like a Reggie Perrin. What are you guys doing for the next couple of months with your time, free time? Jeff, what are you doing? I don't have any oh, yeah. time, buddy. Okay, you're moving. You moved to a different state. Where the hell is moving? Like three time zones away. Where the hell is Nailsworth? Is that what you're moving to? No, that's where Forest Green Rovers is. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well be. Yeah, it's in Gloucestershire, in the southwest of England. By the way, uh, Jeff turned 40 years old on the Monday we got knocked out of the playoffs. (laughs) Happy birthday, Jeff! Happy birthday, Jeff! Great birthday. And Jeff Uh, is a Massachusetts man. I I do recognize it's Gloucestershire. Sure. Not yeah. Sure. Sorry. That is what that is. Uh, I don't even hang on. What are you doing? While <laughs> I, what are you doing, Justin? While I pull up the outro stuff, which I never remember because we clearly did not have an agenda for this episode. That's right. I'll tell you what I'm doing. And then I want to sh- throw one more quick shout out out mm-hmm. there. Um, I uh, have about six weeks, seven weeks left of work in what has been, uh, sort of the end of the worst two plus years of teaching that 
I've ever had. And I think people have taught longer than I have feel the same. Um, I'm looking forward to relaxing this summer, taking my kids to the beach, uh, doing stuff around the house. And, and I am looking forward to uh, a break from, from the football. I'm, I'm not excited about this next World Cup in the slightest. Um, there's a lot of reasons not to be. Um, you know, things are pretty ugly all over right now. Um, and that seems to be this World Cup seems to be a reminder of that. But on, on something that isn't ugly, I wanted to give a quick shout to uh, Jake Daniels, the uh, uh, player for Blackpool. Uh, yeah, thank you, Jeff. I was blanking on that. The Blackpool player, uh, first uh, openly uh, gay professional player in uh, England, maybe ever, uh, at least actively playing. Um, he's fucking 17 years old. To have the the stones to uh, and and the self confidence to uh, be a role model to put yourself out there to know the abuse that you're going to take as a child. He's a child, 17 years old. Um, and and the cool the thing that I thought was the coolest about it, he was saying in his interview when he came out, uh, he came out to his mom and sister, um, and then the next game that they played, he scored four fucking goals because he was happy and free and relaxed. And it's just really nice to see. And I look forward to the day that it's not Jake Daniels, you know, gay football player, just Jake Daniels who scores goals and, and a number of other guys who we don't worry about who they're in love with. We worry about whether or not they put the ball in the back of the net or clear the ball out of the box or whatever it is. But I, I, I just was so impressed with, with the, you know, a 17 year old to come out and, and do that and be as confident and comfortable as he is. And I hope that it is the, the first of a wave of, of players feeling more comfortable and, and able to come out. I, I think it makes, it makes the sport better and more accessible for everybody. And, and that's only a good thing. You've listened to episode 179 of the Owls AmeriCast. You can find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at owlsamericas. Our podcast, Andrew and Bumpers, are by fellow Wednesday Ice Reverend the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show, just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls of AmeriCast, we ask you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdayites find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owl. Patty is on Twitter at New York Owls. I'm on Twitter at Jeff Paternostro. And we'll see you back here for the fucking pizza cuff next fall. Thank you for listening. You guys are the best. <laughs>